Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Triumph Over Tragedy. As always, I am your host, Crystal Yurick, and today's topic is kind of deep. It's something that we all go through because we are human and we all make mistakes, and that is the topic of guilt. And guilt, a lot like grief, is something that affects us all differently. There's different levels of it. It happens from different experiences, different things, and we all deal with it differently. But that emotional element is the same for us all, that feeling of guilt. Um, guilt is something that never goes away. We will always remember that thing we did, but it's something that we can grow from. Guilt helps us learn from our mistakes. It helps us set a set of standards for ourselves and it helps us grow. So that's what I want you to get out of today's episode. So guilt is an emotional experience and it's one that results from a belief, whether true or not, that we did something wrong. It's a way of taking the blame and bearing responsibility for something that happened. It's kind of like our brain's way of using a check and balance system. It throws up a red flag and is like, mm, hey, bad choice. You made a mistake. You hurt someone. You did something wrong. Um, let's work on this. That's what guilt is. It uh, makes us feel remorseful and sorry for something we did. So... I think it's safe to say that depending on how strong and firm you are with your morals, your standards, and your values, your beliefs, that it can directly correlate to how much guilt you may feel for something. So a person who cheats on their spouse but has very little guilt about it may mean that their relationship standards and views are very low as well. So low standards equal low guilt. A criminal who's always lying, cheating, and stealing, but feels hardly any guilt. It's because they don't have a very high set of standards and morals and beliefs. So we have a tendency when we get this emotion of guilt that we beat ourselves up for it. And sometimes rightfully so. Sometimes it's a big learning curve, a big mistake that we made. And therefore this emotion, the emotional response is big. Sometimes it's small, but either way, we have a way that we dwell on it. We beat ourselves up for it. We talk down to ourselves that we're not good enough, that we let someone down, that, um, you know, even to as far as maybe it's not worth living. Maybe we're a burden. Maybe we're more harm than good. We get these horrible, intense feelings that is this guilt. But in this example that I just gave you, the more you feel guilt, the more you're sorry, the more remorseful you feel for something, it means that your standards and your beliefs and your morals are so high that that's why you feel so much guilt. So I want you to turn around that, that guilt talk, that punishment to yourself and understand that you feel that guilty because you are a good person, because you do have those high morals and standards and beliefs. You try to do the right thing. You didn't. You made a mistake. And we are all human and we all make mistakes. 
Um, but because that guilt is so strong, it's because you're a good person, because you want to do well in the world, because you want to help people, because you want to be of a benefit. So just know that in your mind. And that can help be a starting baby step to get you moving in the right direction. So, you know, someone who finds a wallet on the ground and makes that split decision, that mistake, maybe that wrong choice and decides to keep it. But they feel a high level of guilt for so long. That's because their morals and their beliefs tell them that the right choice would have been to turn it in. It's because they're a good person, because they try to do the right thing. They feel the guilt because they didn't do the right thing. But I guarantee you, the next time that that person finds a wallet on the ground, they're turning it in because they don't want that guilt again. They don't want those sleepless nights of worrying about it. So that's how we learn from them. We learn from our mistakes. We learn exponentially through our guilt. So that's taking a look at the different amounts of guilt, right? And just like grief depending on our affection and our relationship and our love for something can also directly correlate to how much guilt we feel. Um, you know, if I, if I made a comment to a complete stranger, I might not feel as bad to where I made that same comment to one of my best friends. Um, maybe that's a bad example, but my point is that it, it can also be directly correlated to, to our relationships um, of how much guilt we feel for something. So um, you may immediately feel a sense of remorse and sadness for something like, um, maybe this is graphic, um, but hitting a dog on the, on the road, right? You're driving, you hit a dog you kill it. And this is, of course, immediate sense of remorse and, oh my God, what just happened? And maybe you start going, well, maybe I should have been paying more attention. Or maybe you try to um, diminish your responsibility by saying, well, it's the stupid dog ran out in front of me. Either way, you're going to still have a sense of guilt. Hopefully you have guilt if you hit and killed a dog. Um, But now you take that And then you turn it into, we live in the country, right? So we have this long driveway. Now let's say I hit and kill and run over my own dog. Now that dog has been with me for 10 years. I raised it from a puppy. I loved it so much. We had been through everything together. Um, It was my best friend. You will still get that immediate sensation of guilt, that rush of sadness, that emotion. But it's different this time. It's different and it's much, much deeper Because you have a relationship, you have a bond, you have that affection. So, so just know that guilt, yes, is, is depicted by your level of standards and morals and values, but it's also depicted by, by your relationships and what that thing or that person means to you. So it's easy to see that there are different levels of guilt you may feel and um, that your guilt directly correlates to those things. So let's go ahead and look at the types of, of guilt that we feel. And through my research, when I was really trying to figure out, um, you know, if, if my, my guilt was normal and how to deal with it and how to overcome guilty conscience and all these things, 
I found that so many researchers call guilt different things. They have different levels, they have different grouping, they have different um, categories that different types of guilt fall into. But this is the conclusion I came up with, that there's basically three different kinds of guilt. And again, some researchers call them by different names, but the general consensus is the same. And that is reactive guilt, anticipatory guilt, and existential guilt. And reactive guilt is the most common type of guilt, especially when going through a tragedy, because it's an, a reaction to an event or something that has happened, hence the name reactive. It's, it's when a person thinks or knows they have acted against their own standards and beliefs, like I mentioned, or even the standards of society, what society has deemed acceptable behavior. You get this, you know, that feeling, that reaction to something that you did or said. Um, anticipatory guilt. That's also just like it sounds. Um, it results when a person is thinking or anticipating about acting against their moral standards, society standards. Um, this type of guilt can help a person choose not to take a certain action or behavior for the fear that they will, will get this feeling of guilt, this wrongdoing, that it might hurt someone. Um, ex existential guilt is used to describe a person's feelings of general injustice. Um, like that life isn't being fair. Um, it, it can also describe a negative feeling or, or a person's negative feelings towards themselves or others. Uh, you see this a lot in suicidal behavior that a lot of times these, these people think that they're just a burden on society, that, um, life would be better if they weren't there. And this is existential guilt. So, I also found researchers basically broke down guilt into two further categories. And that really is essentially just good and bad guilt. And again, when you're thinking there's good guilt, um, yeah, there is. There, that's that anticipatory guilt. That's, it keeps you from making a decision. Um, so it's called adaptive and maladaptive guilt. So adaptive is the good kind of guilt. Um, it's helpful. It pertains to a person's ability to understand right and wrong and the responsibilities within those. Whereas maladaptive guilt is considered the bad kind of guilt because it has negative impacts on a person's life. So this can consist of things like uh, shame and depression, anxiety. And this type of guilt, when not dealt with, can lead to substantial mental and emotional distress. So that's why there's good and bad guilt. So we have the three different kinds of guilt and the two different categories of guilt, good and bad. So um, I didn't know it at the time, but I was experiencing both reactive and existential guilt and maladaptive guilt. So I talked to my mom into going on a motorcycle ride she didn't want to go on. Um, a car pulled out in front of them and they crashed and she's left with permanent brain injuries, yada, yada, yada. So my guilt, I felt, was that I pushed her to go. Like I conned my mom into going on the ride and because I made her go that she nearly died. 
Um, I was also dealing with this, these enormous feelings of injustice. Um, I was 18 when it happened. And so I was very immature in life's lessons, but I, you know, especially when you're little, you're always told, you know, do the right thing and good things will happen to you. It's like this, um, this karma attitude, you know, do right into the world and good things will happen to you. Well, that's just not the way the world works. And that was a very brutal wake up call for me. And so this happened and I was so, you know, the world's unfair and we're super good people. So I did something so bad happen. What was the point of doing good things and being a good person if bad things were still going to happen to you anyway? And so that was all that existential guilt of feeling like life wasn't fair and that, and that I was a crappy person because of my selfishness and pushing her to go. And then this was all maladaptive guilt. This was all bad kind of guilt. And it took me down a very dark path for a long time. And it was filled with loneliness and depression and anxiety and insomnia and a lot of drinking. And therefore, it turned into a guilt complex. So this is why being alert and um, conscientious of your feelings of guilt and having those, those emotions and why you need to deal with them becomes so important. Because when you don't deal with your guilt, it turns into a guilt complex is what they call it. And essentially a guilt complex happens when you don't deal with or understand your guilt and it continues to manifest. And it doesn't matter if you have actually done something wrong or just think you have. Um, like in my mind, I didn't put a gun to my mom's head and force her to go. I simply suggested that she should go on the ride. But in my mind, I made it into this, you know, this, this thing that took over my life and um, I overthought it a lot. So, you know, these guilty emotions start to be linked to overthinking and misinterpreting and overgeneralizing the consequences of the things you did. Um, it also happens because there's a lack of being able to logically rationalize your thoughts. You let your thoughts and your emotions run wild and you need to stop them, reel them back in, take control of them. So that's when you know that this has turned into a complex, when it starts to disrupt your daily life, come between your relationships and your well-being, and it starts to affect you physically. Now, guilt is an emotion, but it can start to show itself in a variety of physical ways, especially when it has turned into a guilt complex. So you might start having headaches and muscle pain. You might be making yourself physically sick. Um a lack to get out of bed, fatigue, uh, insomnia. You, you stay up at night thinking about this, dreading it, tearing yourself apart, um, tearfulness, um, and, and over like a waterfall of, of emotions and tears and crying and just uncontrollable emotions coming out. So within the first year, I was not only diagnosed once again with depression and anxiety, but I was also diagnosed, clinically diagnosed with insomnia, IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome, and chronic fatigue syndrome, CFS. And, you know, I, I was physically making myself ill by dwelling on this so much and not dealing with it and not talking to about it with anyone. And, you know, one of my, my biggest mistakes is not seeking professional help. I think I could have um, helped myself tremendously 
by, you know, reaching out and getting help. So I encourage you that if you're, if you're in the trenches of going through guilt and you're realizing that you're physically ill from it and it's totally come between your responsibilities of, of life that you get, um, some counseling, some much needed professional counseling. Um, but you know, some of us have more of a guilty conscience than others too. And not because we did more bad things or something worse. Sometimes it just affects us differently. And that's why it's so critical to investigate what and where those thoughts and feelings are coming from. And early on, so it doesn't turn into this complex. Um, guilt is an incredibly heavy thing to walk around with. So, you know, it's, you got to, don't struggle through it. You got to find out where it's coming from, why, and accept it and deal with it and then learn to move on. So this is really where being cognizant about your thoughts and having control over your mind comes into play. Uh, you first have to realize that you're having those guilty thoughts, which is usually the easy part, right? You've done something. So you have those guilty thoughts, but the hard part can be, um, analyzing those feelings and those, those emotions and working on those. Um, you want to quiet this guilt. And I say that and not stop them. I say that and not fix them. Just quiet them because, again, guilt is something that never goes away. And it's an essential part of learning from our mistakes and growing as a person and becoming better. So you never want to stop that feeling of guilt. You never want to start getting that mentality of, I don't care. I can't do this anymore. Or it doesn't matter. Like, you can't rationalize those feelings. You can't try to push them away and not deal with them. And as long as you have a conscience, you can't stop it. So don't try. Um, You know, this thing that happened, we can't fix it. Uh, We can't go back. It's something that's already happened. So what you do is you learn to accept it. You make an amends and you learn from it and that will in turn start to silence and quiet that guilt. So, so once you have acknowledged it, you deal with those feelings. So those feelings might be anger or depression or remorse or frustration or self-doubt, um, losing self-esteem, losing your courage, like all those things go hand in hand with those guilty, guilty emotions. And that can be a really, really hard thing for people to acknowledge. And so if you're one of those people that, um, don't have a spouse or a best friend to talk to, or you're not close with your parents, what I want you to do is write stuff down. And that is probably the biggest thing that helped me was, you know, I was ashamed of that selfishness, that guilt I felt. So I didn't really want to share that with people. Um, I did mention it to a couple people. And of course they were like, that's not your fault. Like she did what she wanted to do. Like you, that's, you have nothing to do with it, but that's not how I felt. And so I started journaling I started trying to write a book. I was documenting how I was feeling and processing these these emotions as I was putting them on pen and paper. And so 
So either talk about it with someone or write about it or see someone professionally. Those, I think, are your three main options of how you need to to start expressing those feelings. And by expressing those, you're opening that guilt door, essentially. You're analyzing those emotions and thoughts and you're allowing them to be freed by acknowledging them. So the next thing you need to do once you acknowledge them is you got to make it right. And that means you make an amends. So whether our guilt is from something we actually did or something we think we did or didn't do, an apology is always in order. And an apology can be to anyone or anything. And it can even be to yourself. It can be in words, a letter, a prayer, and in your actions. Um, By apologizing, it lets you physically take responsibility for your actions and your wrongdoings. So even if you're not forgiven, it still helps you heal by giving you the chance to express your feelings and hold yourself accountable. Um, A lot of people may find that that person that they hurt or did something to is no longer physically here to give an apology to. And they are. So I encourage you, if this is your situation, write them a letter. And this may sound so stupid, but I'm telling you it works. Sit down, write them a letter, read it out loud, tear it up into tiny little pieces, burn it, throw it away, whatever you want. That symbolizes that you're taking responsibility for what you're, what you did. Um, you're taking action. You are trying to better yourself. You're trying to make that amends and, um, it will feel like the world is lifted from, from your shoulders. I promise you. So whatever way you can do it, um, again, if, if that thing or that person is no longer here, or you can't um, get to them, Um, do it in your actions. Um, Do something in memorial of them. Do something um, that benefits them. You know, we always... (laughs) Go back to my eight-year-old son, right? They're always making mistakes. They're kids. That's what they do. But he learns from it, and he always apologizes for it. And But it comes a point where, you know, when he starts making the same mistakes over and over and over and over and over again, that I tell him, look, like your sorries don't mean anything anymore. Show me by your actions. Show me you can change that behavior. Show me you can listen. So your actions have an enormous ability to prove that you're sorry and um, that you're trying to make things right, that you're making that amends. So do it in words, do it in a letter, call a friend up, apologize, send an email, go to a gravesite, go start a memorial, go do something in honor of someone. Any of those things um, is part of you making an amends and, and trying to, trying to, I don't want to say fix because we can't fix what happened, but we learn from it. Um, and that's what you're doing. And you will literally feel the weight of the world lifted off your shoulders. So for me, my amends, my amends took a a long time to do because my, um, my mom had a traumatic brain injury. You you know, it was, you had to be very careful 
of of how you approached her with some certain things, especially in the beginning. But, you know, I sat down and I had an amazing conversation with her and I told her my, um, you know, my thoughts and my feelings and this guilt I felt. And of course, as an amazing mom she is, she told me that um, she is a grown-ass woman and she can make her own decisions. And if she went on that ride, it's because she wanted to. And just hearing that was you know, like I said, the weight of the world is just kind of lifted off of you. So, um, the final step is to just be triumphant over it. So remember that you can't always mend every situation. You can't rewrite history. You can't change the events, but you can show you're sorry. You can prove that you learned from it and you bettered yourself from it. It's a way we learn from our mistakes. It's a way we see how good of a person we are because of the amount of guilt we feel, right? Those high standards and morals. And um, it helps us not make the same mistakes twice. So start asking yourself some questions. What led to that mistake? What would you do differently? What do you need to address? Um, Are there behaviors you need to work on? Um, And start doing those. So knowing and understanding your guilt is the easy part. Um, the It's the first step to overcoming it, but accepting it and learning to let it go and improving yourself from it is the hard part. So it takes time. Um, it takes patience. It takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of self-realization and discipline. And it involves controlling your thoughts and really digging deep inside. Um and, and really controlling your, your feelings and your emotions towards that stuff too. So I hope that this helped. I hope it gave you something to think about. I hope maybe you see guilt in a different light and understand that it's a really good tool to help us move forward and, and grow and learn from our mistakes. And um, hit me up on Instagram and give me a thumbs up. Give me a like. Uh, let me know that this is helping you. It's the only way I know to keep going. Um, podcasts are really funny because it, it's it's not like social media where you see all the likes and and people who have shared it or comments. Like there's there's not a whole lot of information out there to let me know who all it's going out to. So the best way to do that is to hit me up on Instagram at triumph underscore tragedy and let me know this is helping. And if there is a subject you would like me to touch on, or if you have questions. Or if you need someone to talk to, DM me, hit me up. I am here for you. Um, And know that you're not alone. Know that you're loved. Know that we all struggle. And until next time, talk to you later.